What's up, guys? This is BC Minton, Dire Night Gaming here for some podcast madness for WrestleMania 36, part two. <laughs> um, I don't understand what happened. Uh, lost you guys on that last one. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting there talking, and all of a sudden it cut me off. So I'm sure at some point, someday. Hopefully soon I'll uh, get the hang of things and uh, this would stop happening. Uh, That would be very nice. But anyway, um, as I was saying in part one, um, you know, AJ ended up walking away from the WWE because of of a lot of the conflict that was going on with her and the WWE higher-ups and, you know, the writers and all that kind of stuff. And then, of course, uh, you know, all the things that was going on with her husband, CM Punk. Um, You know, a lot of decisions that were being made, and CM Punk decided that, you know, enough was enough. He walked away. Um, Now, with Paige, she... She has, uh, you know, an injury that is stopping her from performing in the ring, or at least uh, the way that she probably wants to. Uh, You know, I can uh, can understand that, because, I mean, look at Steve Austin. He has has his neck injury that he he sustained in the mid-90s in a match against Owen Hart that broke his neck. You know, uh, and then he got his uh, knee problems in both his left and his right knee. So I'm sure that, you know, um, he probably physically cannot handle uh, taking bumps in the ring and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, uh, with Daniel Bryan, I'm sure that, you know, with his uh, neck problems and then... Uh, he's, he's also had some run-ins with concussions and stuff, too. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of injuries happening with some of these wrestlers, and it's just, like, it's mind-boggling as to, you know, why they just keep coming back for more. It's like, you know, are, you know, are you guys crazy? You know, why would you want to risk, like, killing yourselves or, or whatever for the sake of entertainment? I mean... Yeah, sure, you get paid thousands of dollars and stuff, and you get to own fancy cars or, or provide for your families in, in a much better way than you would, you know, doing something else with your life. But at the same time, it's just kind of like, whoa, you know, you might want to reel that back a little bit. But uh, nevertheless, um, you know, those, those two... Uh, Female super superstars uh, would would just you know they would be in their niche right now, um, but uh, you know we have who we have, uh, and that's not necessarily a bad thing because we do got a lot of talented uh, female superstars and you know male superstars, um, so. Uh, The next, the the other match that I want to talk about 
and it's actually one of my favorite matches of the evening of, you know, of WrestleMania 36, um, is, uh, the match between Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. Okay. In the words of good old JR, it was a slobber knocker. Like they beat the holy crap out of each other. Um, and that was only topped by the Randy Orton and Edge match. And I'll get to that in just a second. Uh, you know, at first it seems like Seth Rollins was going to walk away because he disqualified himself by literally ringing Kevin Owens' bell by clocking him in the face with the ring bell. Um, now I'm going to say this, you sit there and you watch that match. There's no crowd there. You can hear the breath, the breathing that they're taking, every breath they try to gasp out. You can hear every sickening bump. They're the bad one. Chair shots sound absolutely horrible. Can you imagine hearing the ring bell ding in such a loud manner that you just like it's it's it flabbergasted the crap out of me that you know you sit there and you hear the ding as Seth Rollins knocks him over in the head with it. Um, of course, it, it disqualified him. And, you know, you th- I, I thought for sure, I was like, okay, great. So this is how this match is going to end. You know, uh, ha- it almost left me with the feeling of, you know, so this is what WrestleMania 36 is going to be. A bunch of squash matches and, and you know... Uh, the heels doing underhanded stuff and ending the matches in like five minutes. Uh, well, I was very pleasantly, uh, you know, surprised with the fact that that was not the case with the Kevin Owens-Seth Rollins match. Um, so it got restarted as an ODQ match and they beat the crap out of each other. Um, you know, uh, Seth Rollins got his just desserts in the form of himself getting clocked in the head with the ring bell, followed by about, if I remember right, four or five different chair shots. And let me tell you, though, the crack, the crack sound of that steel chair wrapping around Seth Rollins' back was... It is hard to say that I found entertainment out of it, but it was just kind of like a what-the-crap moment. Um, And then Kevin Owens jumping off of the WrestleMania sign above the announce table that Seth Rollins was laying on uh, and doing a, uh, a diving elbow... That was uh, that was a real treat. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
water guys, gotta love it. Um, anyway, uh, so in the end, Seth Rollins, uh, wound up losing the match. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I've got to say, like I said, that was, that was one of the best matches of the evening. Um, Edge versus Randy Orton went all over the place, all over the arena. It went, it went in the ring, went outside the ring, went up the ramp, around the entrance area. It went behind the curtains. It went, you know, to the performance center's uh, gym. And they just, they beat the holy loving crap out of each other. Like, they just, they wowed me, that's for sure, because, you know, I honestly, if I'm, if I'm being, if I'm going to be completely honest, I thought the Edge would not be able to do it. Um, he's been away from in-ring competition for years, for like, uh, let's see. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, since 2011, 2012, somewhere around there. Um, so he's not been in in-ring competition for quite some time. Um, the dude is in the best shape of his life. And, you know, that seems to be the case for a lot of the wrestlers that used to wrestle and are coming back with the exception of certain wrestlers like Goldberg and, uh, uh, Kurt Angle. Uh, they were in better shape before they left, but after they left and then returned, not so much. Poor Kurt Angle can't hardly do half the things they used to do. And part of his whole allure was being able to be really athletic in the ring and Kurt Angle can't hardly do any of that anymore. So, you know, but Edge, he still has it. He still has it in them some. Um, so, I mean, they were beating the crap out of each other with ladders, chairs, uh, doing uh, suicide dives, all that kind of stuff. And uh, when it was all said and done, Edge managed to get the win. And it was a very emotional moment because, like, you know, both of them were having trouble breathing. You could tell that they were hurt. Um, Edge was grabbing onto his neck. And as you all know, for those of you that's wrestling fans and you know who Edge is, uh, he has... Uh, neck problems, like he broke his neck, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so, I would say that he was, uh, he had to be on some pain relievers after that match. <laughs> and get his neck checked out and everything. Um, so, with that being said, that was probably the, uh, the best match of... WrestleMania 36. Um, um, Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler. I will just say this. As talented as Becky Lynch is, I absolutely hated the way she won. 
she is not really one, especially since she's been a babyface, to win with a roll-up pin. Especially a very poorly done one at that. Like, if they were trying to bolster Shayna Baszler's reputation as, you know, a, a BA uh, female wrestler and all that kind of stuff and this intimidating monster type crap, they went about it the wrong way, I think. Um, <clears throat> if they were going to do, if they were going to carry on with that, unfortunately, Becky should have just lost the title because this almost discredits Basler's reputation. It makes Basler look like she was a pushover. And that, you know, and, and you know, the absolute worst part about it is, with the way Basler lost at WrestleMania, it makes all the female wrestlers that she mowed down at Elimination Chamber look bad. It makes every single one of them look like pushovers, like chumps. And, you know, that's taken like in-ring uh, female superstar legends like Natalia and, and saying that she's a pushover, that, you know, she's not talented, that she doesn't got it. And for crying out loud, she she's a heart. She's a member of the heart family. She has one of the best technical skills in the, on the female roster. So they, they definitely screwed Basler over on that. And I have no love for, for her. I think all the ones that are mixed martial artists that are coming to wrestling, I think they're full of crap. You know, I don't support the idea of bringing them in. I get why they're doing it, but I don't support it. I don't have to like it. Don't have to love it. Whatever. You know, uh, the only one I can tolerate is Brock Lesnar. Um, he does what he wants, and he does it when he wants. And he does it to provide for his family. I can respect that. He wants to live a private life and all that stuff. I can respect that. Props to the man. But, uh, you know... With Basler, they're just going about these things with her build-up in a very, very bad way. Um, and uh, if I'm being completely honest, they did Becky Lynch a disservice, too, by the way the match ended. Because up to this point, she was, she'd been portrayed as a very strong champion who could take on any and all comers even Ronda Rousey and all that kind of stuff that, you know, yes, Basler was supposed to be like her ultimate challenge, but the way they had Becky win made Basler look like a pushover and made Becky look like a weak champion. That's not good. When, when, when you sit there and you make both wrestlers look bad by a creative decision, their career is going to kind of be in a, a hot spot and not in a good way. 
for a little bit. So, you know, either way, I mean, I, I'm glad that Becky Lynch won. Um, I'm just not looking forward to uh, Basler going up against her again because I have a feeling that by that point, they're going to give the belt to Basler and she's just going to mow Becky down and it'll make it'll make Becky Lynch look even more of a weak champion and female wrestler as a whole uh, if they do that. And I have a feeling they're going to. So, <clears throat> because they keep giving these title opportunities and championships to all these mixed martial artists that are just waltzing right in WWE. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's dumb. Um, now, the NXT Women's Championship. Champion Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. <coughs> Guys, Rhea Ripley is one of the most talented um, female wrestlers in the NXT roster. Um, and eventually, because we know it's going to happen, um on the main roster, which means Raw or SmackDown. Uh, Rhea is brutal. She is aggressive. Uh, she would have fit right in with the ruthless uh, aggression era of the WWE. Um, <coughs> but uh, for whatever reason, once again, Charlotte Flair is the winner. Um, they, they made Charlotte look unbeatable, pretty much. They made her look like she could take on anybody and take them down. Even someone like Rhea Ripley, who had a reputation of just absolutely knocking the crap out of the competition. And nevertheless, Ripley ended up losing um, I was kind of hoping that if she was going to lose, that she would do so in such a way that was almost kind of like, uh, how Steve Austin, rather than tapping out to Bret Hart, he passed out. I was hoping that it would be kind of like that situation. That would be a really good way, really cool way to, uh, you know, uh, Put the put a rivalry in a very intricate spot that could be that could just go on for quite some time. Uh, but they gave the title to Charlotte. Rhea tapped out, and it made Rhea look like a, a weak champion. I'm sorry, but you know Charlotte pretty much dominated that match. Yes, Flair is very talented. She definitely got her old man's genes. That's great. But you got to be a... The, the WWE's got to be able to take a chance on the other talent. They just don't want to. <clears throat> um, the only thing I got to say about the Universal Championship of Goldberg versus Braun Strowman which was originally supposed to be Roman Reigns until Roman decided that he wanted to stay home and stay safe since he is 
they since he does fall under the category of the most susceptible to the coronavirus, um, that uh, they have turned Goldberg into a farce. He used to be able to do pump pump handle slams, power slams, all that kind of stuff. Back when, you know, Evolution was uh, running the show, pretty much. Uh, But ever since Goldberg came back the first time around, and definitely this time around, it's like doing spears three, four, five times in a row, and maybe a jackhammer three times in a row, and then that's it. There's nothing else. You know, it's like, come on, give me a break. That ain't entertainment. But, you know, it does, uh, it does set it up for Braun, uh, going up against Roman Reigns and probably dropping the title to him, which I'm happy. I'm happy if they do that because Braun and Roman, they have put on so many classic matches that, I just know that a championship clash between those two is going to be an instant classic. It's going to be something special. Uh, Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre uh, for the WWE Championship. Um, that was special. Uh, we, you know, it was pretty much a no-brainer that Drew was going to win because this almost was almost like a full circle thing. Drew had been with the company for like 10 plus years. Um, And when he debuted, he was pretty much dubbed as Mr. McMahon's chosen one. And WrestleMania 36 came full circle. And that's exactly what happened. Um, I'm not very happy with the fact that, you know, rather than just making it a very uh, uh, brutal match that it was kind of the same old, same old with Lesnar doing suplex after suplex after suplex and then all that kind of stuff, uh, the whole suplex city shtick. Um, you know, it's just kind of like, uh, you know, before Lesnar left, um, you know, after his, at the time, his final match, you know, was against Goldberg back in WrestleMania, you know, years ago, uh, Lesnar used to do a whole bunch of different moves. He had a very, uh, extravagant move set and that showed off his power, but now it's just, you know, German suplexes up to 20 times in a match sometimes. And then, you know, F5 probably up to four or five times in a match. And, you know, that's not entertainment. That's just, you know, that's being repetitive. And who wants to watch a match like that? You know, I mean, we get it. Lesnar within MMA, you know, they took that route when Lesnar first came back and he was using, like, the Kimura lock and all that stuff. We get it. But, uh, you know... As much as I respect Lesnar for, like, his personal life choices, I don't 
respect the writers for how they've written Lesnar uh, over the last few years. Like, they just, they screwed him over. They ruined his character, and I don't like that. Drew, on the other hand, I am incredibly happy that McIntyre won the championship. It was well-deserved and very long overdue. I hope that the the so-called Scottish psychopath gets to keep the title for a while or stays in the championship, uh, you know, contendership if he happens to lose the title anytime soon uh, because it's very well-deserved. So congratulations, Drew McIntyre. Um, the Boneyard match between The Undertaker and AJ Styles. That was a very special match. And I... I loved every second of it. Uh, it was very entertaining. Um, it wasn't your typical match. And it uh, played off of a lot of the... Uh, the old days of The Undertaker, um, and it was it was more of a spectacle than it was like a technical wrestling match, you know, and uh, that's what made it so cool. Uh, so a lot of people didn't like it, but I think you know you could tell The Undertaker had been training; he'd been he was in good shape, uh, good health, all that stuff, and. Uh, you know, that's, uh, that's important. And, you know, Undertaker, they were able to put on a really good, good match, a uh, good event. Um, the Firefly Funhouse match was not really a match. <laughs> it was just a, uh, a spree of segments. And, uh, you know, um, needless to say, it, uh, it harkened back to a lot of uh, John Cena's past, including his WrestleMania match with Bray Wyatt uh, a few years ago. Um, but uh, you know, this was this was all about uh, Bray getting revenge on John Cena for that uh, for that moment in uh, at WrestleMania a few years ago. Um, and boy, did he get it. It was really cool how they did it. You know, I mean, it, as an adult, you, you, you realize what's really happening and all that stuff. But as a kid, boy, I tell you what, if I was a kid watching that match, I would have been just, my mind would have been blown. I would have been like, whoa, what's going on? But, you know, still, it was very, it was very cool. And, you know, uh. Some people think that this was uh, John Cena's last match, that, like, you know, he was retiring after this. And, you know, if he is, that, that was a great way of passing the torch. Because Bray Wyatt, you know, he, uh, the company could be on his shoulders. He he is, like, the modern-day Undertaker, in my opinion, with all of his supernatural stuff. And, you know, he's very entertaining to watch. He has the, as Steve Austin used to say, the gift of the gab. And, uh, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, Bray's going to go far if the WWE lets him. Uh, and, uh, honestly, folks, this is, uh, this about wraps it up. I just now discovered that, uh, 
apparently when you do the podcasting on here um, on a computer instead of the phone, you uh, you can only do it for 30 minutes. So that's why I got cut off in part one. So uh, how wonderful is that? I'm sitting here trying to use my uh, my uh, blue snowball uh, microphone that uh, my wife got for me, you know, especially for podcasting. And uh, there's this craziness over here. <laughs> but anyway, um, that is it for tonight. Uh, I have uh, talked y'all's ear off enough. And, you know, if I had to put my final thoughts on WrestleMania 36, given everything that is going on in the world right now uh, with, like, the lack of the audience and some of the matches, some of the matches really drug it down. So I'm going to have to say that WrestleMania 36 gets a uh, probably a uh, 8 out of 10 uh, because there were matches like, uh, you know, um, Undertaker versus AJ that in Owens and uh, Rollins and Edge and Orton, you know, they really, they carried, they carried that show. And especially, uh, even the, even the, the tag title match, um, between the Kabuki Warriors and, uh, um, Bliss and Cross, you know, that was really good too. So, uh, you all have a fantastic night, and this is Dire Night Gaming signing off, and BC Metton for Podcast Madness. Good night, all.